0: Select your program. Dialogue. Program initiator. Approach the threshold. Engage rationality. Open your mind. Godspeed. so
1: why don't we just start with you i mean this is just a casual conversation i'm i'm curious where you're coming from uh i'm not here to like preach my ideas uh i just want to sort out uh the differences clearly that we have we're both self-proclaimed anarchists but coming at it from different perspectives do you consider yourself a an anarcho-communist
0: yeah, but I think I've turned more into a syndicalist, but I consider that a communist as well. Mm, okay, yeah, definitely pretty related. So why don't you
1: explain where you're coming from, your worldview, why you you diverge from capitalism? Um, and I guess I'll just, I'll start out with one question, but then I, I want to hear it uh, just from you. Uh, and this is an important distinction that I've had trouble with, with anarchists communists is when you claim to be an anarchist is how would you handle capitalism in your society or in like a nearby society so to speak would you use force to stop it for example to uh what's the word they use seize a means of production like privately owned factory or something like that or would you allow those people to live in that certain way you know wage labor capitalism all that good stuff uh, and just sort of live and let live because that's to me that's like the huge difference is I don't mind people's personal preference but there is a very important distinction when we talk about using force right
0: yeah um I don't think that I would personally advocate for going and seizing a whole other country. That's pretty extreme. (laughs) What about
1: just like a local factory or or some sort of like privately owned business that's employing people?
0: Well, I think that there would have to be like a union in place where there's already like democratic they already have a system of democracy within themselves where they can do that. I don't think it's feasible right now. Hmm. Okay. Well, I guess
1: for a second then, just suspend the practical and the can do, and let's. How about we just talk about what should be, or, or or what it would be morally permissible? Like, I know there are things that are not practical or likely to happen, but I am interested in like. If, if you knew that you could succeed and you wouldn't have all these, um, what's the word, like all this social infrastructure, so to speak, let's just say you knew it, it would work if you tried it, would it be morally acceptable? Would you support people uh, in one capacity or another taking over a, a privately held institution or company uh, Basically, you could say violating those private property rights or, you know, if you don't recognize those private property rights, I suppose it's not a violation, is it? That's sort of what I'm interested in.
0: Yeah. um, Basically, my view is that originally, like, large amounts of property, I I advocate for, like, people being able to have homes and stuff that they can call theirs. Mm but Uh, if they have like 10 homes then that's not really acceptable especially when people are homeless and they're not using all of them Hmm. but with like a factory or something all the workers have to be for it and it has to be more of them but I would stand in solidarity if they were getting a lot of force against them
1: when you say all the workers have to be for it, what it have to be for,
0: what, the employment or the seizing of the means of production, so to speak? The seizing of the means of production. Oh, I see. Okay. It would just have to be resistance from the authority positions. Hmm, I see. So would it be accurate
1: then more or less to say you are in favor of uh, t- taking over capitalist institutions even uh, even, you know, consider, I guess, here's, here's a question. What, what is the distinction for you when you say you're an anarcho-communist versus say a regular communist, <laughs> or is there even a distinction? You know, I, I've heard a lot of communists say, Oh, communist is uh, stateless by definition. So it's uh, redundant to say anarcho-communist other people. I've heard them say they're statist communists, uh, People call them tankies, you know, people who are like Leninists, yep. Maoists. So help, like, can you coexist with capitalists in society? Help me sort of understand that.
0: Well, honestly, I think that the anarchist capitalists would have more of an issue because the workers would be systematically incentivized to go to the anarchist communist side because they would be treated, treated much more better. Mm-hmm. But unless they had like really deep indoctrination to where they thought it was better to be in the anarchist communist or anarchist capitalist society. But I, I tried to send the video of, uh, Dan mouse productions video of, he used to be an anarchist capitalist, but he changed into an anarchist communist. He thinks that at a certain point, uh, they would the anarchist capitalists would lose too many workers, and they would have to build up like walls or something to make <laughs> it so people could leave hmm. okay 'cause like i've certainly i'm all
1: in favor of competing if you will uh social models, and of course you know i'm not in favor of holding any anybody by force, but you know it's another story if people like take over your Your building or something but uh, in any case I mean we should talk about that because like you said a couple minutes ago you you would be in favor of people uh, like you basically you can't sort of uh, what's the word Uh, you can't suffer a capitalist institution to exist because you believe like it's actually uh, unacceptable in other words is that an accurate I don't want to like put words in your mouth
0: no, I think that it's fine if they exist, but i I think it's pretty detrimental to human beings psycholog like psychologically like uh, in there was a book called suicide I forget who it's by. I learned about it in sociology uh when people moved from like out on the farmland to cities and went to like Basically, they just lost their sense of community, hmm. and it increased the rates of suicide exponentially. Hmm. Okay.
1: So, and forgive me if I'm being, like, obtuse, because um, over the last couple of minutes, it sounded like you said, like, you're fine with people doing it voluntarily, but you're also fine with them uh, taking over a means of production and or just, you know, a company, let's say like privately owned building or factory. So like I'm totally cool with with anybody who has any kind of world view as long as it's voluntary and anarchist in that sense. Like that's what I view as anarchy is not ruling over your fellow human. Uh and when I say ruling that that doesn't preclude, you know, voluntary arrangements or v- you could even call it a voluntary hierarchy if you want as long as it's voluntary. So I'm getting a little confused. Um, like when when you say seizing a means of production, that is very different from just walking away, right? That's like actively taking something over. So I'm, I'm not quite sure I understand your position on it.
0: Well, I would like to make an argument about, uh, it not being so voluntary. Okay. In my opinion, uh, there's so much like systemic violence that's causing people in the anarchist capitalist society to have to be workers. Like they have to choose somewhere to get that income to be able to survive. So that's systemic coercion causing them to fit into that format. I see. And that's, that's um, a common
1: argument that I hear and that, that does help me understand. So let's, If you don't mind let's try like a thought experiment Uh, and we'll try to sort of isolate variables to keep things very simple so that we can identify the um, the root cause of our disagreements because you know it's never good when smart people have to fight each other physically like I I try to avoid that and the only way we can do that is uh, to to figure out our differences in the intellectual realm Uh, so let's let's take a a thought experiment or an example let's say and i think this is fairly accurate uh for human the human historical experience let's say you have some very rural area like forests you know untamed untouched land uh and let's say there's a basically a relative abundance of land there's a lot of land not quite so many people and on that land um, let's say a company springs up whether it's We could say a guy builds a cabin and he starts renting it out, or maybe he starts farming a plot of land and he wants to employ people. These are two very sort of common examples where uh, the ANCAP, such as myself, would argue that, like, yes, while nature does, um, I don't want to use the word force, but basically you have to work to survive, right? You need to provide food and shelter for yourself. But how can it be said that the capitalist is the one instituting this force against you, this, this sort of systemic coercion, as you say, if, like, they're not forcing you to, to use their property to be on their property, they're not putting a gun to the head. They're just offering you a superior alternative to starving in the woods. You know what I mean?
0: There's two things that I've found so far that I can comment on. Uh, the systemic force isn't caused by just one person in the forest existing and trying to survive. It's when you have a whole system around you need this money to be able to get those products to be able to survive. And when you don't have the means of production yourself, you have to sell your labor. So in- And also, uh, what gives the person the right to take that plot of land Away from the people and the animals that would be able to regularly use it freely, right, 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 okay,
1: very interesting um, sort of Pandora's box that that opens up very interesting argument so let's let's take the first part. Um, you said it's it's not caused by a single person, so is does that mean that in an example where uh, like the one I just mentioned, and it's it's like abundant land, sparse amounts of people, uh, and there, it's just you know basic trade and and land ownership rights. Would would it be considered voluntary uh, and uh, acceptable for somebody to say charge money to have someone live in their cabin because you know this guy spent the time building a cabin, putting his effort into it. Other people would rather specialize and be you know, a farmer or some service or whatever. Uh, so, again, using using the conditions that there's an abundance of land, uh, by this person having built a cabin or homesteaded some farmland or whatever, they're not, you know, taking away from other people in any kind of significant sense. Does that make sense? Like, w- w- are those...
0: You wouldn't say like yeah, but pro- it's like the argument of chopping down one tree in the forest. It's okay, it's kind of okay if one person does it, but when everyone starts chopping down a tree, then there's no more trees. Right, 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 right. right. Okay, so that's that's good. That helps me
1: establish where we're coming from because oftentimes you get capitalists and and communists or the like getting hung up on this very subject because they say, well, you know, no forcing you to be on my land, but I suppose if everybody's saying that, then it becomes a different situation. So, okay. So basically what you're saying is there's nothing wrong with capitalism in a kind of rural setting, but once you get like an entire society and land becomes scarce, that's when you get this sort of systemic uh, thing going on where you're not free because there's not enough land for you to go live on your own and be uh, self-sustaining. right you you there's nothing for you people have already taken all the resources so to speak
0: there's a second thing though uh in like a society that we have now the the mound of human knowledge like when you build a car the only reason that the guy came up with the ability to make the car was because the wheel was invented and the engine was invented and all those things they don't have the right to that uh invention they have the right to the invention that they made, but that invention that they made has all those other inventions put into it. So it has all that mounds of knowledge that the humans brought before. Mm-hmm. So it's not just theirs. It's kind of everybody's.
1: Hmm. Is that that sort of reminds me of intellectual property, but you're saying it's, it is dispersed. Uh, that it's kind... because they didn't get, make all the knowledge themselves. Right. right that sort of reminds me of I hear this from Democrats where they say um, like yeah you didn't build your business like there were roads that led to your business there were uh, you know the teachers who educated the people your your customers and your workers and you know society is like an intertwined system that nobody could have done anything 100 percent on their own we all kind of rely on each other I guess one of my problems with that is in say a capitalist society I already reimbursed all those people for those individual services so the idea like I wouldn't expect a car repairman to charge me you know every mile I drive it's like I pay you to change my tires and that's it Um, even though like yeah without you I couldn't get to my job I'm not paying you like five percent of what I make every day likewise I'm not paying my kindergarten teacher anymore uh, just because it would get kind of ridiculous I mean It sounds like what you. I don't
0: think either of those are good examples, in my opinion. It's more of when you create something, or even just a thought that helps people in the future. It's more than it's different than a service. It's because you can't like say this thought's mine. You can't have this thought. Thoughts are really just spread throughout society. Hmm.
1: Interesting. So. I'm, I'm just trying to think of the implications. Like if you built a new innovative machine, like surely you're drawing upon, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants, so to speak with all the physics and mathematics and understanding of, of stuff. And like, I'm an engineer, of course I didn't <laughs> come up with any of the stuff that I use, but um, like you are certainly drawing on a lot of historical knowledge and even, you know, using the resources around you of, of other people. Like, nobody could do anything all by themselves. I get that. But it seems to me like that I would... Well, I can't claim that I literally zapped this thing into existence. Like, I didn't create the atoms. I didn't create all the knowledge that went into it. Um, it would make more sense to ascribe this invention to me than to everybody. Like, to, to me, it seems a little weird... That anybody can come up and use my machine, which I guess would be considered the occupancy and use norm for property. Uh, to me, it would seem weird that other people can just come up and use something that someone created. Um, like the per- the creator, I think ha- would have a higher claim, even though they they didn't create it on their own. Like for other people to say, "Up, oh, you know, I'm part of society. I have thoughts. You you took those thoughts from me. You know, you you benefited from my existence." That seems to be hard to keep track of and kind of like a form of exploitation if you're going to use other people's stuff just because, you know, they didn't make it 100%. Does that make
0: sense? Kind of. I would like to make a distinction of personal and private property, though. Personal property, like my computer, that's not going to be communalized, even up to a house maybe, if as long as everyone has what they need. But... It's different with, like, the means of production because when only certain people have those things and then you have to have massive amounts of money to be able to get some on your own, which you can only do if you're at the bottom of the system by selling your labor, which you have to do anyways to survive. Oh, boy.
1: There's so many avenues to go down. Like, the... uh, Because, like, you didn't... Create your computer, obviously, but uh, like I, I, as I'm sure you know, capitalist, we, we don't view there to be a meaningful distinction between personal and private property because, uh, you know, the way property is established, um, it it doesn't really matter how you use it. So, how about it, to be you know good debaters and good philosophers? How about we? established like the legitimacy of how is property established in the first place? Like, do you believe in the concept of property rights?
0: Well, it matters on when it's uh, limiting others' freedom or just expanding your own.
1: Okay. So by you having like a personal computer, you're not limiting, I would assume you're, you'd say you're not limiting other people's rights. But when you start to use that computer to run simulations and get paid for it, does that mean you are? Like it becomes a means of production?
0: Mm, I, I think if the mean, that's not really like creating something tangible, that's creating an idea, which is based off of, all of the other people's ideas, but so is creating something tangible uh, well, we can do how about we talk about like a machine? I mean a computer is a type
1: of machine, but let's say like a physical machine that I don't know it's like the next best uh, lawnmower and you start going out and uh, you make these and you find you can cut down the time by a fifty percent. Um, and you, you're using it on your own, like for your own house and it's great and you love it. And now you want to go out and make, uh, make yourself better off by cutting other people's grass. And and then you find, Hey, I can, uh, and expand this operation by, by trading with some people to operate this machinery. And, you know, say I make five lawnmowers and I, um, I trade with people, you know, operators to use this and it's, it's win-win for everybody involved. Like, Help me find the coercive step or
0: where we're limiting other people's freedom in that operation. If if people only have the option to buy them, like you're renting out multiple copies of the same thing and it's in a capitalist society, so basically the only option is to either get it from that person or try to get it from someone for cheaper. When you have to use money, it's causing all the implications that you have to like if you're at the bottom of the system you have to sell your labor which is through the coercive of forms hmm interesting okay I think it's a little different if you have one uh, lawnmower though and you're not like renting it out but is so
1: in the act of like no, as you know, nothing happens in a vacuum. In the act of renting this out, um, I didn't suddenly, you know, impose on anybody. I created something that didn't exist before, uh, and it improves, you know, our ability to cut grass really fast. So, um, it would it would seem to be that your criticism is not an indictment of me in particular, but of the whole. Of of scarcity uh, and own private ownership of land and resources, right? Like, because you say people are forced to uh, trade, and and that's why uh, it's it's a form of exploitation for me to want to pay somebody to use this lawnmower, even though I I'm not like imposing on anybody. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. The only thing is the systemic. Uh... Like this is your only option.
1: I see, I see. So it's not like the the, the guy who made the lawnmower uh, designed it and who's starting and is who's now making them. Um, he's not actually, or is he engaged in? Uh, you know, is he doing something wrong? Can we point to him and say, hey, what you're doing is wrong? Or is it this diffused, dispersed uh, responsibility that says, hey, n- nobody here did anything wrong. We all just cut down one tree in the forest. And now we're all uh, systemically coerced, so to speak.
0: It's a little different in a less advanced society and a highly advanced society, because when you're saying to someone in a highly advanced society, like you can just go live in the forest and try to create your own, they they lose out on the ability of all the past knowledge that is a part of this society. Uh Uh-huh especially with the means of production and medicine.
1: I'm actually glad you brought that up, because as, as you know, uh, so it's it's not like 100% one way or the other. Like, we don't live in a landlocked, like, we're all packed like sardines, you know, and ev- everything's privatized. In fact, it's quite different. I mean, there's vast, vast amounts of unused land uh, currently. So we're sort of in a mixed state, where some areas there's a lot of private property, other areas it's... There's a lot of unused property now. Of course, you know there's government monopolies and all that. But putting that aside for a second, because we're both against that. um, If somebody has, like, if the core problem is that people are coerced into trading their labor because of a their inability or the scarcity of land, um, and they're not able to go support themselves otherwise, that I can sort of see that argument. I mean, I don't agree with it but we can talk about it but when that alternative exists i have a hard time accepting that argument because it's like you're not being imposed upon you're simply choosing the better of two options you know what i mean like uh it's very tempting to want to become part of advanced human society and to get all those benefits yes you they're not free like you do have to contribute and that's accomplished in capitalism through trade, but it's not like the capitalists have forced you and they haven't like, you know, enclosed the land that you're on and and encircled you and said like work or die.
0: You know what I mean? So like my ancestors would have worked upon creating the pool of knowledge that has attributed to advanced society. And Basically, I don't feel it's right for other people to claim that their past work.
1: Oh, yeah, I I agree. I'm an individualist. Say that last sentence again.
0: Like, the work that people would have done in the past, when you create the car, the wheel and the engine are... Like, say, the creator of the wheel and the engine are dead, and there's no way of compensating them now. But when you create the car... Because other people created, like, the other things, the car in a hole is not yours. Like, as intellectual property as, I mean.
1: Does that mean that, like, once I, because I'm against intellectual property in the sense that, like, once I, I believe that once I release an idea, I'm actually a mechanical engineer. And we, of course, all, you know, contribute our little innovations here and there. But I'm of the opinion that once you release something into the public, like a thought, like I don't think you can own a thought or a design. Uh, You can own the physical machine that you implement the design into, but to to claim that you are owed something every time somebody else utilizes your idea, like to, to make this actually qualitative and say like, okay, some people have more innovative thoughts than other people. Let's say one guy is responsible for like 75% of these mechanical innovations. I know that's ridiculous, but just to help us with the the principles, I don't think a person can claim uh, that they are owed compensation every time someone uses an idea. Because once you release that idea into the public, you're sort of abandoning any, uh, any re- expectation of of compensation because the people who use that idea, like you freely released it into society. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I actually agree with you. What my problem is, is that there's systemic monopolies on the ability to produce such ideas out of the capitalist system. A monopoly on the, what's, how is that? So like, because their, their means of production is only owned by a small amount of people If some people wanted to just go and create their own society, it would be really hard to get to the place where we are now because they don't have the ability to create the same things with the same ease, kind of, because they don't have the ability to make those things without being a part of the capitalist system.
1: So my problem is just because other people have become advanced and developed things, especially, you know, starting from scratch, uh, which is how human society started. um, It's not, I don't view it as an imposition on other people. Like, yes, if you want to get it as advanced as a competing society or even just your neighbor, you're going to have to, you know, put in the work, but... It's not like he stole your capacity to do that. Like, even if he owns a machine, like, he's not preventing you from owning a machine or making a machine.
0: Uh, this, the system is, though, like, to be able to get the machine how he's able to get the machines, you have to partake within the system. Well, do you? I would argue that you, you don't necessarily have to
1: partake in a system. Like, you could... There's many ways to make a machine. It may be be the most efficient and effective way. It depends way. on
0: how many trees have been chopped down.
1: So is it, is is all of this a function of natural resources? I guess I should have asked this a lot earlier. Is it all a function of how many natural resources are available to
0: everybody? Is that kind of the, the I would crux? Cons- I think uh, communists kind of consider uh like means of production as a necessity to mass produce for the civilization to be able to have a, like with the medicine, we, we, they just couldn't produce the medicine that we have in this society without the systems that cause it.
1: Um, I'm sorry, could you rephrase or just say that again? I I won't trying to wrap my head around that yeah forgive me for being <laughs> dense over
0: here it's all good uh i honestly don't think about a lot of this stuff a lot okay and and by the way i do give you major props i know like
1: you're a younger guy you're doing this on the fly i hope i'm not you know like pressuring you or anything uh you know most people can't stand up to like five seconds of withering. Uh, Inquiries, so I, I do give you a lot of credit for this, uh, and I'm not like you know browbeating you or anything like that. I I do appreciate your consistency, and I think we're sort of getting close to some discovering the roots of our disagreements.
0: Um, I I do think mutualism is okay, which is more it's kind of communist, but within a capitalist system where everyone's still taken care of which I do see as like a real necessity to make sure that's the base of most communalistic politics is that everyone is at least has the base necessities of life, liberty, and happiness. So does that mean So like mutualism? Like if someone wanted to be compensated more for what they produced at like, say the person who made the car was like, I deserve more than other people because I did this, then they could be paid a little bit more, but everyone still has to be taken care of. So what if there's somebody who's not contributing in this
1: mutualist society? Uh, Are they owed compensation
0: or... um... I think that they deserve the minimal possible... To have the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, but I doubt that unless there is systemic coercion, that people would not want to work. Because, as Mark said, people enjoy doing work on their own merit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, of course, you know, work, as they say, is is its own reward in a way. But, and that <laughs> that's kind of one of the difficult um, differences between capitalists and. You know, anti-capitalist is that they say, well, you know, why would anybody be a freeloader? And it's like, well, (laughs) you know, you just look at the society we live in today, and there are a lot of freeloaders. Like even even with you know work being its own reward, uh, with government welfare programs, for example. You know, I'm not hating on welfare recipients, but I think there's ample evidence to show that it can become a trap, and you can influence people's incentives by giving them too much free stuff there are certainly a lot of people especially who, in a
0: capitalist society where they, their options are sell your, sell your labor to someone in an authoritative position that you're not very interested in doing in the first place or just get free stuff as opposed to a mutualist society where, where it's non-hierarchical and people can choose what they want to work on non-hierarchical meaning
1: does that mean there's no property in, or no like no nothing? that
0: there's no people in positions of authority all the decisions are made by the collective in a uh I, I would prefer in not like 51% versus 49% but try to make as many people as within agreement as possible okay so I'm, which is much harder to do it on a large scale. It's more
1: of a small scale thing. Yeah, I, I would certainly imagine you know, voting is even in tiny groups it can be difficult. Um. So, you probably have noticed throughout this conversation that I'm always kind of trying to whittle down to a principle, and I know that this has been a criti- criticism of capitalists is that they're like too rigid or too. Uh, focused on principles and and not on like the the end result um i think this is deep philosophy (laughs) yeah i agree it's good stuff um like me i'm i'm interested in establishing consistent principles uh and i believe everything will flow from that whereas i think i've encountered a lot of communist minded people aren't quite so interested in things like rights like property rights for example they just want to make sure everyone's taken care of and it doesn't really matter how we get to that you know they just it's sort of like the uh the ends justify the means you know what i mean so that's why i'm trying to establish principles like in a mutualist society like is it wrong for somebody to own a machine and then employ somebody like say he's the first guy to break free and be like, you know, I don't like mutualism. I want to start doing X. Um, You know, he hasn't established this system. So it's, I have a hard time seeing prohibiting, you know, punishing somebody who hasn't done anything wrong uh, because you say, hey, if everybody starts doing this, it's going to be a systemic problem. So even though you're not doing anything wrong, we need to use force against you.
0: I, I, I don't think that there would be force used against someone like that. In all honesty, I don't think that anyone would go along with it and try to act underneath somebody when there's an option not to.
1: Okay, cuz like that I'm I'm totally cool with like different preferences in society like hey, we want to do our communalistic thing and you guys, you know, basically may the best man win uh, and let the workers go where they want. You know what I mean? Like, if people just have different.
0: It's different, though, because we're starting in a capitalist society right now, which has the systemic coercion. But in a communist society, all that there is is systemic incentives, which there is also in uh, capitalism. There's no systemic coercion that's forcing people, like, you're not going to be able to eat if you don't do what we say.
1: Okay, so does that mean. I have a couple questions. Does that mean, well, I guess you already answered this one where I asked like, what, what if a person doesn't want to contribute? Like, let's take a hypothetical. I know you said that it's, maybe it's not likely, but you know, in my personal opinion, I think there are lazy people and there would be lazy people in any type of society. People who want to consume more than they produce or want to live on, you know, high on the hog and have a higher standard of living than they've contributed so how would you deal with that in,
0: say, a communist society? Uh, as It would have to be decided by the commune, but what I would say is that they should get the basics to be able to live life, liberty, and happiness. So, like, no one's systemic coer- systemically coercing them or forcing them in a hierarchical manner. That's the liberty. The life is, like, a place to live, food, and, like, medicine. And then happiness would be a little bit to be able to make their life and existence worth living. But they don't get much more than that, really. So have you ever heard of negative versus positive rights? Yeah. But what I have to say about that is as long as they're, it's not on like any one person it's a system of helping a person it's not like this person owes this person this it's a system where everyone agrees that we should help everyone
1: and if everybody agrees certainly that's wonderful you know if i have no problem with consent of any kind people can do whatever the hell they want uh my problem is people who don't consent, because right? I would imagine, you know, it, if if a society, like if, if the concept of communism relies on getting the consent of 100% of people, like uh, I would imagine there would be some people who say, hey, I don't want to support the deadbeat. Um, however, I'm not allowed to go off on my own. Uh, I'm not allowed to establish, you know, put my stake down, make a machine and and trade with other people and and engage in any kind of property so I'm basically uh, forced like to me that would be a very clear cut example of coercion um, being forced to have the product of your labor support people against your will and not being allowed to engage in an alternative uh, social structure you know what I mean like I think it's totally fine if
0: other people do try to engage in those things in capitalism yeah but it's when it becomes the whole system like it is now so I don't think it is a dominant system okay Um,
1: because to me there's to, to have a rule that says you are not allowed to own say like A machine or any sort of private property and engage in, you know, wage labor and trade with other people, to me, that's definitely a form of coercion, you know, call it systemic or whatever you want.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, what I'm saying is I don't think people would want to go into the wage labor because the main system would be a more communal, communal system and they would have systemic, uh, they would systemically want to be a part of the communal system unless it was just basically on principle, which is totally fine, but I don't think it would be a large amount of people if communism was the big system. Uh, And it's okay on a small scale to have, like, means of production of your own. It's when it's happened so much that the communism just can't even exist because it's all just workers and they don't have those means to be able to get them themselves. So if we are interested in eliminating
1: coercion or let's say systemic coercion, um, if the criticism of capitalism is that, hey, it gobbles up resources and prevents us from any meaningful alternative other than engaging in capitalism. Uh, if the alternative to that is, uh, well, let me rephrase. Basically, I'm not seeing any less coercion. In fact, I think I'm seeing more coercion if, if there is a prohibition on, basically, entering into capitalism. I know you said it's okay on a small scale, but you know what if people. Uh, What what if a lot of people want to do it? You know what I mean? Like they're, uh, I I apologize. I'm not being very articulate. Uh, There was
0: one thing. I believe in general consensus democracy. So what consensus? General consensus. Okay. It's more than just 51% versus 49%. It's like you try to get as many people to feel that their needs are met.
1: So, okay here, here's a question for you my my problem with democracy is that it it could very very easily by its very nature uh, stampede on people's rights uh, because like basically where does um, I don't see how consensus makes anything right or wrong like that's why I don't like I don't think anything should be based on, a popularity contest of course consent is important but you need consent from from everybody right like if if most people voted that hey we're going to steal something or we're going to kill this guy or whatever you know that's
0: still immoral you know what I mean yeah that's that's still just regular democracy what I'm trying to say is as long as there is one person who has a reasonable position on why we shouldn't be doing something, we have to try and meet their needs. Oh, okay. That's what, okay. Consensus. My bad. Interesting.
1: Okay. I want to, I'm trying to go back to something you said a minute ago. Okay. Yeah. You were saying if, I, I was saying like, well, what if people want to leave your system and you said, well, that, why would they want to? And I guess that may come yeah. down to... Right, right, yeah. Why would they want wage labor when they have all this cool free stuff, this package deal, um, and they're taken care of and, you know, all that. And this may come down to a fundamental disagreement of our ability to predict, you know, what we think people want. And, you know, that's never good because everybody has their own vision of human nature and what we think people are going to want. So that's why I think we need, like, that's why the concept of, of rights uh helps bridge that gap so like you don't have to try to be a master of of human nature or to predict like hey i i think people would join this society it's like well but if they don't want to they need to not be coerced into doing so
0: yeah it's really hard to talk, talk about a hypothetical society that's general consensus driven when it's just one person talking Hmm. <laughs> so it's all just completely hypothetical. These are my opinions. Right, right, right. And it would have to try to meet the needs of every single person within the who tr- chose to partake within the democracy. Okay, okay.
1: I'm I'm thinking for a minute because uh, I, I I think we've touched on some very important points. Uh, and I don't think we've resolved any of them between the two of us or I'm sorry what's that
0: Uh, I just have one really big important point that I would like to make sure sure Uh, when when you have freedom of someone in a higher position of hierarchy that removes freedom from the people in the lower higher lower in the hierarchy and when you have More freedom for the people lower in the hierarchy that removes freedom of people up in the upper in the hierarchy, which again moves me back to what justifies the boss worker relationship when you're trying to give the boss all the freedom. Mm -hmm. I guess if if i could just
1: respond real quick i know it's getting late over there and we can you know wrap this up and maybe do like part two or whatever i suppose what i would and then i'll let you you know respond have the last word what i would say is um oh snap okay sorry you you said when you
0: give when, when you have hierarchy you remove freedom from other people but the thing that no, can't... when you give freedom, when you give freedom to people upper in the hierarchy, like say, let's talk about government. When you give freedom to the lawmakers to make those laws in any way that they choose, then it removes freedom from the people lower in the hierarchy who really have to face those. And right. when you give freedom to people lower in the hierarchy, they're going to try to remove the freedoms of the people upper in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. So because are incentivized.
1: And, and what capitalists would say is uh, you could use the word voluntary hierarchy, or perhaps that doesn't even qualify as a hierarchy. Basically the idea that like, hey, I, I have this operation over here. I'm not forcing anybody into it. And I, in fact, I haven't even, excuse me, I haven't, you know, swept up all the land in the area to sort of systematically coerce them into joining me. No, it, it's something that I did on my own that people were incentivized to join me because i had a better alternative so the capitalist who has produced value and in doing so has not you know in any significant way reduced the freedoms of other people by by swallowing up a whole bunch of scarce resources in doing so to me that cannot be considered you know this coercive hierarchy or it, if anything it's a voluntary hierarchy which of course there's nothing wrong with a voluntary association you know what I mean? So when we say, like, giving freedom to bosses, uh, it's it's not that we're, you know, taking something from the worker. It's just so happens that the worker finds it to be an advantageous to, to become employed. It, it happens to be their best uh,
0: alternative, even compared to, like, the state of nature. It's when it becomes systemic and when it's the ruling system especially. It's hard to, like, distinguish when... One person doing it is totally fine, but when at what point, how many people does it cause it to be systemic?
1: Right, right. Yeah, and that that is certainly a valid point. I know you made that multiple times now. I guess what, one thing I would say to that, and then I'll shut up, is there there being you know a scarce amount of land and resources on the planet in any human society if that is, you know, the primary reason why we're talking about systemic things, because we can't just all go off into infinity, then I would say that any society, and including communism, is going to suffer from this natural scarcity because, you know, no two people can be using the same resource at once. So I guess you may have to pick your poison, so to speak. Like, certainly it's not perfect that, you know, people are able to, privately own something and of course you know that precludes other people from owning it unfortunately but a communist society would also suffer from a lack of land and a lack of resources so they're going to also have you know the systemic uh coercion you could say they're going to have rules they're going to have uh yeah they're going to have rules for human interaction you can't just go off and do whatever you want likewise with capitalism you can't just go off and you know squat in somebody's house or factory you know what i mean
0: hmm it's when the singular boss tries to open multiple factories and then the only way that you could partake would be to sell yourself mm. it's when they try to claim multiple pieces of land that in my opinion they have no real justification to take more than a small plot of land that they can use to sustain themselves is
1: it accurate to say that to to prevent that from forming? So, in a communist society, you say, okay, guys, we want to stop systemic coercion. So, we need essentially a ban on private property because, or you know, privately owned means of production. Because before you know it, it's going to become the norm. It's going to become widespread, and then we're going to have systemic coercion. So, to avoid it. We need to uh, basically abolish it. Is that an accurate description of communism?
0: I, I don't advocate for freeing slaves that don't want to be freed. Okay, well, I certainly... Like, so if a pacifist is being beaten by someone and they don't believe in violence like using violence like even to protect themselves i don't believe me using violence on their behalf would be right
1: okay well i i certainly i think i uh, appreciate that approach i mean it, it sounds like you are one of the good guys in the sense that like you are you're trying to influence people by offering a better alternative not by tearing down something else that other people have i mean i I know that the lines uh, get a little blurry and grayed uh you know when is the use of force moral and when is it not but um you know I'll let you you know finish up or have the last word we can you know do a part 2 if you want I just want to say like yeah I I have no problem with with the people who are simply trying to offer you know their version of society and you know if we can all coexist and people can migrate from one to the other. That's awesome. You know, that's competition. What I'm not okay with is, you know, the top-down. No, you can't do this. You can't. We can't possibly have private property because, you know, before you know it, everybody's going to do it. Like that's a, also a form of coercion, in my opinion. So, but I do appreciate your. Um, you're trying to get someone to take their jacket off by warming them up, not by like you're the sun, not the wind Like, there's that old uh, story. Like, if you want a guy to take his jacket off, do you warm him up so he voluntarily takes it off, or you try to blow the jacket off with a tornado?
0: You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Or if someone doesn't have a jacket in the first place, uh, and you're like, hey, if you want a jacket, you got to give me this money. (laughs) Hey, there you go. An alternative uh,
1: perspective. So, all right, Mike, hey, I really appreciate you engaging in this. This was a. awesome conversation so far um would you are are you okay or would you rather us keep this between you and i like like i said earlier i think it's really cool content i think people could learn from it but if you want to keep it under wraps um oh yeah it's fine all right awesome dude well i really appreciate that um if you're interested you know maybe we can follow up later uh Hopefully, you found this to be productive. I, I know I certainly did. And uh, like I said, I really thank you for your time.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: Have a good day. All right, dude, get some sleep. <laughs> See you later. Yeah.